Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it all exclusively at BlueNile.com. That's B-L-U-E. N-I-L-E dot com. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 851 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, December the 22nd. The NBA's back, baby! Woohoo! I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, and uh, also make sure you're finding the podcast and all your favorite podcast providers. It's very much appreciated when you take the time. Also, while you're doing that and perusing the online podcast store, wherever it is that you get your podcast store, go check out Locked On NBA today. We have bold predictions from all 30 local hosts ahead of the season. I have two in there. One is OG and Anobi related. One is Raptors win total related. Go and check it out over in the Lockdown NBA feed. And then while you're there, also check out the previews we did over the last week and a half or so with all the local hosts chipping in. Six-part preview specials with all of the divisions covered for you on Lockdown NBA. All right. On today's show, OG Ananobi is paid. He got himself a contract extension from the Raptors just under the wire before the 6 p.m. deadline on Monday the 21st. And uh, joining me to discuss OG's, what is a four-year, $72 million contract with a player option at the end, as well as dive into some preseason predictions and picks, as uh, is sort of customary on all basketball-related podcasts on the day of the start of the season. It is our pal from, uh, oh my god, everywhere, Neon Playbook, uh, Basketball news dishes and dimes it's yasmin Dawala. yasmin how's it going i'm well how are you i'm doing pretty good uh not as good as og ananobi today that's probably none uh, of us are because <laughs> that dude just got money but that's uh that's okay uh let's dive into og first before we get to our uh you know eastern and western conference champion picks and our finals picks and then our awards picks and let's dive into the signing of og ananobi it was much debated much contested in the hours before he signed the deal you had jonathan isaac getting four years 80 you had luke Kennard getting four years 64 I think Raptors fans were going a little bit insane suggesting that it was going to take some exorbitant number to lock down OG I threw out 480 as a bit of a you know I'd be okay with that type of number and I got roasted for it because people said no he's gonna wait he's gonna be a max player next year which I think was kind of insane to just expect to to take place a couple people uh shout out to our pal uh Francis Adu who said something along the lines of OG's gonna get 4-110 and that's the only way the Raptors can get it done oh my god obviously not the case and uh it's all been tied up four years 72 player option in the fourth season Yasmin what was your reaction when the deal came across from Woj yesterday? Um, I was one of, I was, I was in the camp of like thinking that it would perhaps be done at the end of the season, like in next off season. 
I thought that would mm-hmm. just make a lot of sense. Um, but at, at the same time, someone mentioned that OG does have uh, injury history. And he's not yet in that class of players that will get paid regardless of whether they get hurt or not. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you factor in the fact, like I, I heard the amounts people were throwing around, and I heard amounts that were like large. I always thought that whatever OG gets would be like a notch below what Jalen Brown got, but I feel like the Raptors got him for an amazing deal. Like seventy-two million for four years is insane to me. Uh, Eighteen million mm-hmm. a year, like I think, is a fair payment. But a lot of us go off of potential with OG. Um, because you know, he just, he fills out like this player archetype that is just like so coveted in the league of being a big body Mm -hmm. three and D guy who can kind of do a a little bit of everything on defense and whose offense is coming along. He's just like the kind of young player that a lot of teams are are just vying for. So the fact that he was locked up for such a great deal, um, makes me think that, um, I, I don't doubt that other teams perhaps attempted to match it. Maybe he just wanted to remain a Raptor. Maybe he likes his uh, pace of growth here on the team because this is a team that hasn't overexposed OG, uh, which would have you know really damaged his value, I think. They've allowed him to mm-hmm. kind of um, take on small responsibilities as times go, as time goes. Uh, which is really great. Um, and, you know, now he's entering a season where he'll have even more um, responsibility. And I feel like it's just, it's so naturally fitting. I feel like now he's ready to take on that increased usage, whereas it would have been too early for him uh, in the past couple of years. Um, and yeah, like it just, it makes sense. You know, some of the amounts of people saying that it's going to be near max or something like um that's a huge leap of faith that I don't think can be done by like any front office. And, but 72 million is just, it's absolutely insane. Like the Raptors core is locked up for such a good deal, you know, between OG Mm -hmm. Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. Like they're working with, they're working with good contracts here. Mm -hmm. All of these contracts are kind of done around the same time. So, you know, this is the new era of Raptors basketball and they're all on great deals um, with uh, enough space to, uh, add additional pieces um, to them. So, you know, I, I think it's great. It's great across the board. Um, and yeah, it's a very, very team-friendly deal. Yeah, it really is. You know, they're always sort of going to balance the the two risks, right? Which is you sign him now and maybe you overpay him a little bit for what he's done so far versus you wait till he gets to RFA next summer and enters a free agency pool where, There are very few very good free agents out there and a lot of teams that are going to have a ton of money to burn. And, you know, it just it was a very tricky situation to be in if you're the Raptors. They wanted to keep that cap flexibility, obviously, before Giannis signed the Supermax. And I think had Giannis not signed it, then we probably don't see this extension take place. But ultimately, I think it's a really good thing that the Raptors got it locked down. Because like I said, you know, I don't necessarily think for sure OG was just going to be this instant max player next year. I think that's a bit of a bridge too far for a guy who's literally never averaged more than eight shots a game. And that's kind of an unfair set of expectations to put on a guy like that. Um, You know, it kind of goes back to when people were thinking he was going to be Kawhi coming into last year. Like, it's just, it's not a fair comp and it's not fair to put that burden on him. But you know, I guess some team could have gotten a little squirrely next offseason and thrown him a, a max, you know, 27 million or 28 million or something like that, whatever the max works out to be for a player of OG's experience next year. 
And the thing with offer sheets too is, yes, the Raptors could match anything, but also, you know, it could be kind be, become prohibitive to match them because you can get trade kickers and mm-hmm. no, no trade clauses and things like that that are all kind of worked in there that you have to take on if you match. And I just think with the free agency pool not really looking all that great next year, it just made a lot of sense to just get this locked down. And yeah, maybe... You, you you wish you didn't have to give that player option. You could have that extra year locked in, but this is the price you pay to have a reasonable cost certainty going forward for the next few years beyond um, you know this this coming season with OG. You get at least three years on this contract. Who knows if he ends up you know overshooting it? Who knows what the financial situation of the league is? Whether he opts in, opts out, that's a conversation for well an Olympic cycle from now. But um, it, it's I think just a good tidy bit of business, and maybe OG gave back a little bit, but I think the the, the risk of him not developing into some crazy max player is a lot higher than I think a lot of Raptors fans are willing to accept because there's this, this sort of preordained nature to the way OG's being talked about this year when there is no certainty. Yeah. And we saw plenty of times in the preseason, he still dribbles it off his feet all the time and is still a work in progress. And now he gets to continue that progress where, you know, 18 million bucks is never going to be a bad deal for a dude who is an all world defender who hits threes at 38%. Like that's, that's what the going rate for those types of guys is. Yeah. They have that locked down and the chance for him to outperform his contract now is extremely, extremely high, which is very exciting. And, and Yasmin, you mentioned the idea that now the Raptors kind of have this core locked in between Fred, Pascal and OG. And I think the nice thing about the OG number two is even if you think you overpaid for Fred by a couple million, you've made that back on the OG thing. Right. So you're not even too worried about how you're dispersing your money between those three guys but this is now a team that figures to be able to continue what the Raptors like to do which is be good and wait for an opportunity to strike what do you think having those three guys kind of means for the next little while here for the team do you imagine or maybe not so we don't really know what the front office is thinking but what do you hope is the outcome here do you want them to just kind of roll this back and let these guys grow together that's kind of the camp I'm definitely in but you know, there's certainly the argument as well that, you know, especially once OG's contract kicks in, you've got three very good players on very tradable contracts that you can pivot with and make a big move like the Kawhi thing a few years ago when you had DeMar's contract on the books. Um, what do you kind of hope the next year or two looks like with these three now locked in? Um, I, I'm kind of torn in between, like, a couple of camps on this. Uh, I feel as though... Um, you know, with if you look at the um, Demar years under Masai Ujiri, um, those were teams that were allowed, you know, the space to kind of see how far they can go on their own and fail as well in the process. You know, um, and I feel as though uh, we're kind of positioned to do the same for this Raptors team, uh, in the sense that I think that Masai has, um, you know, a core that's locked in. Uh, he has Kyle Lowry, who's like, you know, the veteran presence on the team. And then he has some, um, he has like a bright spot in Malachi Flynn as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if his intention right now for the next year or two, um, would be to just kind of roll with your guys and allow them to give them the space to develop, um, because they've already shown that they're capable of development. They've shown that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're all so young at the same time. They're 26 years old between Fred and Pascal, um, OGs 23, um, they're not in a win now championship or bust kind of scenario, um, even though us fans kind of feel like it because we had we were kind of fed like this false. Um, I-, I think a year of Kawhi kind of messed up our um, mental um, timelines for <laughs> the team because, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, with him leaving, um, 
it kind of like you know, usually you know your star would stay and you would have uh you know three-year window with them in their prime or something like that um of contention but you know it's kind of different with this team where they were able to kind of manufacture that impact with you know having gasol and surge and now surge and gasol aren't there anymore so um the usage will be redistributed and i think that we're going to see the first couple weeks of games it's going to look really crazy <laughs> in my opinion of the team kind of trying <laughs> to redistribute that usage and trying trying to trying to find their um, new dynamic uh, it's going to take time. The team won't look right in the first couple of weeks, in my opinion. Um, I think we saw that in preseason, even though the um, they, we I saw like flashes of their defense locking down, just like we saw um, in the last um, regular season. Uh, I saw the same thing in preseason, but I did see that they didn't really have, they weren't running anything offensively besides, you know, some uh, pick and roll and some simple stuff that um, they would typically do, but I didn't really see any complex plays or anything um, and I think that would take time for, you know, uh, Chris Finch to integrate into the coaching staff and, you know, get his playbook out on the court. Um, but yeah, so considering that, I think that I think what you said is true in the sense that they're going to roll with their guys. They're going to continue winning. And when they see the right opportunity um, and that positions them um, perfectly to contend at the highest level, they'll pounce on it. You know, um, that's mm -hmm. you know, one thing about Masai is that he's always balanced uh, between allowing um, his teams the space to develop chemistry naturally, uh, to develop that um, continuity naturally, but also, um, as we saw, he's willing to make the trades to win at the same time. Uh, and I think it'll be no different for this Raptors, for this iteration of the Raptors team. Um, it can go either way. I, I'm becoming less... Um, it seems less and less that a hardened trade will be happening until um, the... Um, trade deadline. I think that's what I've concluded. Mm -hmm. I think that the Sixers are going to wait to see how their team does. I think that the Nets are going to wait to see how their team does. I think that the Raptors will too. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of waiting um, and seeing. So I can't, I can't say that they're going to trade for Harden be because uh, I feel as though it's not going to happen right now. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see how things pan out. Absolutely. Uh, well said. And yeah, I, I'm just, I'm excited to see these three dudes just, have a chance to grow a little bit you know they've been the shadow core for so long now and i think yeah. they've kind of earned the opportunity to you know see if they can be the actual core before going and blowing things up and, and making a big trade for a star I, I think you know there's just not really much in the way of similarity between this situation and the Kawhi situation as it relates to harden and i, I don't mean to get back into the harden conversation because we've had it a million times on this podcast yeah. in the last few weeks but you know i i think with the way the Raptors had kind of proven exactly what their ceiling was with the DeMar teams, that's just not what this team's situation is. And this team also has uh, notably more championship rings in recent memory than yeah. those 2018 Raptors did. So I, the urgency is just not there for me. And there will be other stars to come along. Yeah. I, I think it's important to remember that um, the Masai traded for DeMar, uh, traded, for, uh, traded DeMar for Kawhi in order to bypass a uh, rebuild because that was like kind of the yeah. inevitable uh, route the Raptors were heading towards. So uh, he made a last-ditch effort to um, trade the franchise player for a disgruntled superstar, knowing that whether it fails, yeah, you got you got DeMar's contract out of your hands. Uh, if it succeeds, you get into the running with, uh, you get to contend with a superstar. So 
you know, that was that was a last like it, it would make sense if, you know, Pascal was 30 and Fred was 30 and, you know, um, OG was 27. Like it would make sense to make that last ditch effort, you know, that kind of Hail Mary. But they're not in the same mm-hmm. situation. That's like the thing. Like, yeah, we missed out on the, you know, Yana sweepstakes, but the NBA moves so fast. Um, and, you know, it's important to remember that in a year like there will be another disgruntled superstar. There's going to be another, you know. A contract dispute there's going to be another uh, player forcing their way out like things happen so fast and we'll find out the raptors are in prime position to make another move <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, carl towns uh, 2022 or something i don't know <laughs> it's, uh, that, that's my next dream but we can save the uh, photoshopping dudes into raptors uniforms for another time uh we're going to continue on and we're going to dive into our uh, awards picks in the second segment that's going to come up and then in the final segment we will dive into our east and west finals picks and our championship picks for the coming season but first i want to tell you all about one of our new sponsors which is betonline.ag it is a very very exciting time in the world of sports basketball is back up and running the nba going on tuesday night and for the next six months hopefully without interruption and it's a wonderful time to play some future Futures bets. Put some money down on tonight's games even to get your juices flowing. And you can do it all at betonline.ag. And right now we have a special promo code for you. Locked on is the promo code for a 50% welcome bonus, meaning that if you put in 100 bucks, you're going to get a 50% bonus. Some things I betted on already include MVP. We're going to talk about that in the final segment. I put some money down on a certain dude who I think is going to win it. We'll get to that a little bit later on. I put some money on Malachi Flynn at 40-1 to to win Rookie of the Year because why the hell not? And I also put some money down on tonight's games Did a little two-team, two-game parlay, picking the Nets and the Clippers to win. It's a really good opportunity right now to go and check out betonline.ag. The time could not be better. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Yasmin, let's dive into our NBA championship. Or no, we're going to do awards first, then we'll get to championship in the final segment. Um, before we get to that, just a reminder that Locked On Bets is a brand new show that we have on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're going to take advantage of our betonline.ag offer, go listen to Locked On Bets as well, and they will tell you where to place your money so you have the best chance of winning. Go listen today. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast provider. All right, Yasmin, awards. We're not going to do like the all defense or all NBA teams because that's just too much work, uh, let alone like second team all rookie, which nobody cares about. So we're just going to do the big awards, the, the I guess the six big ones, MVP, most improved player, sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and coach of the year, which we forgot when we were preparing off air all the awards. I remember that's also an award we can talk about. So uh, let's dive uh, in here, uh, Yasmin, to our picks for this year's awards. Let's start with the big one, MVP. Who do you have taking home most valuable player this year? Um, I'm going to say Luca. I feel okay. like I feel like it's kind of being primed already to happen. <laughs> and we know that it's like it focuses so heavy on like narratives and he'll have the stats to boost. I don't doubt that. So, as long as he's healthy and as long as his team um surprises and i feel like the the west is a toss-up just as much as the east is uh for that you know one to seven range um i feel like if his team um cracks that top five i feel like he it will just be like a a pathway to the mvp trophy for him 
Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's like the most common pick I think right now. I think he's the favorite on Bet Online right now. Um, so it makes a ton of sense. I am not picking Luca mostly because I am a little bit lower on the Mavs in terms of regular season wins. They don't right. have Chris Stapps. They had a pretty bad defense last year, all things considered. They obviously had like the all-time best offense, which offset that quite a, quite a bit, but. I don't know if they'll be able to sustain the exact same level of insane historic offense. You know, losing Seth Curry, I think while their team is probably better with Josh Richardson on it, uh, I think that hurts their sort of overall effectiveness in the half court. And so I am a little bit lower on Dallas and I'm very high on the Portland Trailblazers. I think their offseason was perfect. You wrote about how perfect their offseason was quite yeah. recently, Yasmin. So I think you'll probably at least sympathize with my pick here. I'm picking Damian Lillard to win MVP. I, I think he is like beloved around the league by both media and teammates and fans alike anyone but Paul George and Patrick Beverly mostly uh is it <laughs> really really loves Dame I think that Blazers team is going to be excellent they're super deep I think they're really well equipped to win in the pandemic season where they're likely going to miss people uh you know from time to time they have a lot of like young-ish interesting wings they can throw out uh in addition to like Robert Covington who they just brought in and healthy Yusuf Nurkic who is extremely good and I think they're going to win a ton of games. I think they're going to be like the two seed, maybe even the one if things go right in the West. And I, uh, I'm i very excited to to watch this year's Blazers team. And I am picking Dame Lillard to win MVP. Am I insane? No, I can see that, especially if they do well this season. The contrast between how much they struggled last year and doing well this season might be enough to put his name out there among the top three. Um, so I can definitely see that. Like, we already know Dame is, like, capable <laughs> of, you know, <laughs> the stats required and the play required and, you know, the showmanship required to be an MVP player. So that wouldn't be too shocking. And maybe they want to diverge from, like, maybe there's a year where they want to diverge from, like, the they, they want to kind of, like, what's the word? Like, randomize it or um, pull away from, like, the expected winners or something. Yeah, like, I don't know what fatigue they, with Giannis is going to be real, like. Oh, of course. I think, yeah. I, the the stark contrast, like the only way is if he's like putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers, which could very well happen. I keep saying like you <laughs> would have to have like 80 point games, which like Giannis might be capable of doing. So, um, yeah, I could see Dame going for it. I feel like LeBron is just a matter of I feel like a lot of um, of the voting pool would probably will be wanting to award him because he was the championship uh, MVP, like or because he won the chip like last season, just because. And, you know, there's a lot of news about um, how, you know, Giannis didn't deserve it and everything. So they might be doing like a makeup pick for LeBron, but I don't think he's going to play like enough games. And he might be like, like what he did last season, like toning it down mm -hmm. in order to preserve himself. Like <laughs> I always say like, um, he has this tendency to, um, you know, pretend to limp throughout the regular season. <laughs> and then when the playoffs come, it's just like, oh, yeah, he's like the greatest player ever. So that it might be a case of that again. So we'll, we'll see. It depends yeah. on the effort LeBron puts forth. So, yeah. I got more on the Lakers in the uh, final segment. I'm sure you probably will as well. So uh, let's move on to most improved player. We can do this one quite quickly. It's kind of a dumb award. Who do you have winning most improved? Um... God, it's going to be a tough one. Do you have yours already? I do, yes. Okay, you say yours first. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with DeAndre Ayton. I think the Suns are going to be excellent. I think Ayton having Chris Paul screaming at him to play defense will uh, be good for him. I think having Paul you know, feeding him pick and pop and pick and roll passes all season long is going to be quite good for him. And I think 
with the defensive talent they kind of have now with Jay Crowder and Mikal Bridges another year in and Chris Paul, I think things are going to be a lot easier for Aiton at the rim than they typically have been. And I think he made such strides on defense last year that I'm hopeful of another stride this year to go from being, you know, maybe slightly above average to being quite good. And I also just think he's going to be like one of the most efficient players there is. I guess there's a chance he doesn't put up the crazy numbers that usually comes with the most improved just because of Devin Booker taking up a lot of the helium and scoring a bunch and Chris Paul having the ball a lot. But I, uh, I'm i pretty bullish on DeAndre Ayton and I like the Suns a lot. So I'm going to take him to win most improved. Who do you got? Okay, I think I'm going to say uh, Shake Milton from the Sixers. Ooh, okay. And I'm, I'm saying that because... Yeah, I'm. It's a it's a dark horse pick. <laughs> I'm saying that because um he he his, his like usage was so limited last year, and then now it seems like he's going to be an actual part of the rotation. And I think he people he he'll, he'll people will be surprised by um how much they rely on him, um because I think that they're gonna they're gonna position him as sort of a six man. Mm-hmm. So I think the stark contrast between next. Uh, the upcoming season and the last season will just be very big for him. So I expect his name to be uh, in the hat there. Um, and uh, OG is like another safe pick. Um, I, I don't think that his um, stats will be as stark between the two seasons. I feel like if OG gets like an all defensive team or has his name in the defense player of the year conversation, it'll make a MIP um, win more reasonable. But mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know if his offensive leap will be like enough for people to say, whoa, you know, look at him. He's gained, you know, nine points or something. You know, I, I think he might be a, more of a 15 point per game guy going into next year. Um, so we'll see. Awesome. Uh, so Shake Milton, it is. That's a really cool pick. I like it. Uh, let's move on to six man of the year. Let's rattle out these last few quickly. Uh, I'm going to take Karis Levert. I just think he's going to have a lot of opportunity. I think he's going to uh, have the ball in his hands a lot when he's spelling Kyrie. And the Nets are going to be good. I, I'm terrified of the Nets. I hate it. I hate that I have to admit that they're going to be good. But Kevin Durant looks great. Um, Kyrie, <laughs> I'm always unsure of. But the rest of that team is pretty deep. They have good players, useful players. And Karis LeVert, uh, I think, will get a chance to shine in that six-man role. Whether he matters in the playoffs, I don't really know. But when does six men really matter in the playoffs? <clears throat> Lou Williams, uh, who do you have six-man <laughs> of the year, Yasmin? Um, I'm going to say if Norman Powell ends his year as a Toronto Raptor, mm. I think that he's the easy pick. Like, I feel like the only reason he didn't win last season was because he was starting so often <laughs> because of all of the injuries. Um, so if as long as he does not exceed, I think it was 30 games is the threshold or something like that, uh, which he like went past pretty easily. So um, as long as he stays below the threshold and, you know, remains off the bench and stays a Raptor, I think that he's like the easy pick. Um, he's always good for like a spark off the bench. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, I think my bet would be, um, uh, Norman Powell. That's not a bad pick. Uh, probably was, would have been like top three last year. Had you, like you mentioned, not had to start all the games because they were so horribly injured all year. Uh, I like it. All right. Defensive player of the year. I got Bam out of bio. Uh, I don't think there's a lot to say about it. He's ridiculous. He, there was a possession in the preseason game on Friday. I think he was guarding Fred in space and he just completely, locked him up and forced a, a really, really bad shot at the at the clock, at the end of the clock, and he's just ridiculous. He can defend at the rim, he can defend out in space, and I am horrified of Bam Adebayo at all times when the team I like is playing against him. <laughs> um, not just because he throws big screens and injures people when you're going for uh, 60 wins or anything like that. I'm not still mad about that. What? Um, <laughs> who do you have for Defensive <laughs> Player of the Year? 
Um, I'm going to say Ben Simmons. Okay. Uh, I feel like he's going to be, or even, you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say Joel Embiid, actually. Nice. I'm going to say that because I feel like he has a bit of a revenge season coming up for him because he's just been so injured the last couple of years. And I was watching the preseason games and he just looks like he's in the best shape he's been in a while. So um, I'm going to anticipate like a big comeback season. I even think he's a dark horse MVP candidate for the upcoming season. Like I think people have forgotten how good and B can be when he's playing a full season and doesn't have a center starting alongside him. So um, I'm going to say that Joel Embiid is my pick for defensive player of the year. Outstanding. Uh, let's move on. Rookie of the year. Who do you have in this weird, weird rookie class? Uh, I'm going to say LaMelo. Okay. Because he's like, um, he's, he's, he's kind of an incomplete player, but he has like a clear gift for like his vision. It's, Hard to deny. It's super fun to watch. I think that he's going to have tons of highlights this season. It'll be very hard to um, uh, justify not awarding him. He would have to be putting up a terrible stat line for him not to win <laughs> um, Rookie of the Year. Like he's, His field goal percentage would have to be in the gutter for that not to happen. But he'll be my pick. Um, but yeah, another dark horse, Malachi Flynn. <laughs> um, uh, the Raptors I feel are just like, the team of dark I feel like horses. He, he, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm betting on a, a Brogdon situation where he just like wins because he's the next guy mm -hmm. <laughs> available uh, who happens to be a rookie. But yeah, I think I think that um, Malachi is going to get a lot of run off the bench. Maybe not in the first two um, weeks or so, but I think that he's going to be um, a vital part of the Raptors bench offense. And he's honestly exactly what we've been missing last season. Like the Raptors try to supplement that with Marcus All to try and have Mark. Um, play make for the bench unit but having malachi just makes way more sense to have your a point guard that can get guys shot so yeah he's a dark horse but Lamelo's like the clear pick to me see i think the Lamelo experience will be hampered by the fact that like if they actually want to win games they'll probably funnel things through gordon hayward a lot more just because uh, rookie point guards don't drive winning yeah. very much uh and i i think his yeah. shooting might be kind of bad early on my pick for Rookie of the Year. I'm torn between two guys. I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to have a very good chance with the Kings. He seems to be in a perfect spot. He looks like he's going to start next to De'Aaron Fox, which will be tons of fun. I could totally see him winning it. But I got to go for my dude, Obi Toppin, who uh, will be the only good thing about the Knicks, I'm sure, who apparently can score like NBA-level buckets right now. Won't be good at defense, but no one cares about defense with uh, Rookie of the Year. And I just am personally uh, excited by Obi Toppin because of his draft night video, where after all of these emotional stories of the families and upbringings of all these players in the draft, they get to Obi Toppin, and his entire video is about how much he loves to dunk and how the first time he dunked made him feel something, which ruled <laughs> and makes me very pro Obi Toppin. So I'm going to say Obi Toppin for Rookie of the Year. Uh, I do not think he'll be the best player from this class or anything like that. It'll probably be be quite bad, but I uh, I'm looking forward to Obi Toppin scoring 23 points a game on a terrible, terrible Knicks team. Uh, and lastly, Coach of the Year, uh, who the hell knows? But Yasmin, do you have an inkling as to who might win it? I think that um, Eric Spolstra is due another award, especially mm. if the Heat. Um, if, like if they. The, the, it's, it's a tough situation because last season they weren't a good regular season team. They were kind of, um, especially before they made the acquisitions from more like wing defenders like Iggy and whatnot. 
Um, so, and those guys are quite old. I don't know if they're going to be playing throughout the regular season. So they might underperform again and still be like a playoff favorite out of the East. But I'm going to say Eric Spolstra because he has like, he has such a good um, way of bringing out the absolute most out of his players and also masking their flaws, mm. which is like such an underrated skill set for a coach. Um, you know, Nick Nurse almost did it with the Raptors, getting them to a seven game series, which with, um, a top five offense and with their offense being, you know, middle of the pack in the NBA, mm-hmm. um, you know, good coaches mask the weaknesses of their rosters and the heat were not a good defensive team and they were a juggernaut in the play. And I feel like the, um, voting pool who votes for that one like other coaches is it uh might i think or it's is media. it i think they're all media, media but i could be totally i think it's wrong. media too yeah, yeah. Uh, they might they might either way whoever's voting might feel that he's due some recognition <laughs> for what he did with that team last season um uh, but then again like throughout the season um it's all about narratives you know there might be you know if the mavs do well it might be carlisle mm-hmm. like it's it can be anybody um if the I can see Vogel getting it if the Lakers are the one seed again, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's my pick. I like it. I am going with Terry Stotts of the Portland Trailblazers. I'm, you're going to find in the next segment also that I'm uh, very high on the Blazers. And so I don't need to do too much. I think Dame, <laughs> I have them winning MVP because they're going to win a ton of games. And I think uh, I could very well see... Uh, Terry Stotts getting the recognition that he's almost gotten a couple times here and there. He's a very good coach, and uh, I feel like it might be his time. Uh, Let's continue on. On the other side, we are going to dive into our picks for the championship and all that good stuff uh, and uh, continue talking about the Blazers and and passing along Blazers propaganda, apparently. We'll get to that in just a sec, but first I want to tell everybody (laughs) about Built Bar, best tasting protein bar you're ever going to try. You've heard it from me before, and I will keep saying it because they're delicious. They have 18 wonderful flavors for you to try out. They've also got, you know, rare flavors that pop up once in a while on their site, you know, holiday-themed, seasonal, different flavors. It's awesome. Uh, Some of my favorites include orange, toffee, almond, mint, Brownie's really good and also kind of festive, so highly recommend you check that out. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets as well. And right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off of your next order. That is the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Go check them out. All right, Yasmin, let's uh, close things out here and take a look at our predictions for who will win the NBA champion, who will come out of both conferences. Let's just pick conference finalists and championship and winners uh, for those series, I guess. It's probably the most efficient way to do this without getting too bogged down. Um, who do you have making? Who do you have making the East final? Who is making it out of the East? Making it out of the East? Um... This is an insanely hard question, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm more comfortable choosing the West. Like, the East is really difficult. Like, um, I'm going to say the Nets are my pick. Yeah. To come out of the East. Because I think that, you know, I was watching them in the preseason. I'm like, this team is kind of perfectly constructed. (laughs) The um, They have two elite off-the-dribble scorers in um KD and Kyrie as we know and then they have um Joe Harris like trailing them um who's you know an elite shooter they have lob threats their defense is going to be garbage but their (laughs) offense has a chance to be like historic and I feel like in the playoffs like 
any good team with good coaching and veterans can hunker down on defense and become decent. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be enough for them to get past the East relatively easily. And KD is absolutely unguardable. Like you can contain him and make his life a little more difficult, make his team scramble. But at the end of the day, like Giannis has struggled against him. Pascal has struggled against him. Like Kawhi has failed to contain him. Like he's a, one of those players where, you know, you're not doing much if you're dealing with a seven footer that can shoot on three, that can score on three levels. So I'm going to choose the Nets to come out of the East. Um, mm-hmm. And did you want me to choose the West as well? well yeah, or I'll, let me, let me just give my East pick and then we can get to the yeah. West. Uh, yeah. I have the Nets also. I have the Nets beating the Sixers in the conference finals. Um, you know, I, I guess be a good one. Uh, maybe this is just a hedge against one of those teams getting James Harden. <laughs> and so like, I, I <laughs> just put them both in there. Um, I think the Nets will be maybe not awesome in the regular season because of rest and chemistry and just kind of figuring things out. And I'm with you. Like, I don't think their defense is any great shakes, but I think they have enough good players that they could throw out there to be passable on defense that it'll be okay. Like, I think they can get to, like, first of all, we shouldn't forget that last time we saw Kevin Durant, he was also uh, an incredible defensive player and didn't really get enough credit for it, uh, as, you know, seven-foot dudes with arms that go for days tend to be. Uh, So I think, like, it's not like they're going to be the Wizards or the Hawks on defense. I think they'll be passable. Their offense, like you said, is going to be uh, truly unguardable. Joe Harris is probably going to average, like, 24 a game just hitting nine threes every, (laughs) like, for 36 minutes or whatever the hell. It's going to be crazy. And so I I feel pretty good about the the Nets coming out. Uh, And the Sixers, I think, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are awesome. And I'm also baking in like how I have my bracket breaking down. I have the Nets finishing fourth uh, and squaring off against the Bucks in the second round and beating the Bucks. I have the Raptors in second, the Sixers in third, and maybe the Sixers get some revenge on the Raptors this year in the postseason. But we don't need to get too far into the woods there. Uh, I got the Nets coming out. Who do you have coming out of the West? Um, I have the Lakers coming out again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're the only team that, well, out of the upper tier that clearly got much better i feel like their moves in the offseason like targeted everything that they needed they got a defensive center uh with versatility and mark uh who could provide some secondary playmaking besides you know lebron um shrouder was a great addition Mm. you know another shooter another secondary playmaker they basically filled in all of their holes that they had issues with um and they still have lebron and ad so i don't see them um, having too much competition, I think that the Clippers have gotten worse because um, they have not. They it's another year without them getting that point guard that they need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you know, Serge Ibaka is an upgrade, sure, over Montrez, but he needs. Um, we've seen like Serge's absolute floor when he doesn't have when he's not optimized. Mm-hmm. So unless they get that uh, additional point guard, I don't see them. You know. It, it would have to take an out-of-body experience from Kawhi and Paul George and Serge for them to stand a chance. So the Lakers are my clear pick to come out. I think that the league will um, mess with the standing so that we get that LA-LA matchup we've been craving. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I honestly see another upset for the Clippers. So I think that the Lakers will breeze through the West once again. So a Clippers, uh, a Lakers, a Nets... Um, finale featuring like katie versus uh lebron would be like amazing that would yeah. be a blockbuster I, I think yeah that matchup after, like, again a, after yeah after two years of like 
um, kind of left field finals matchups, <laughs> you know, with the Raptors coming out of the East mm-hmm. one year and then the um, Heat coming out another year. I feel like the NBA is kind of craving that normalcy again. <laughs> yeah, LeBron and KD squaring off again for the fourth time in the decade on a third different team for each of them would be very Ridiculous. cool. And also very much speak to the whole oh yeah if you have the best players in the world you're probably going to make the finals uh and so yeah i think lakers nets as well i had the lakers beating the blazers in the conference finals i have the lakers beating the clippers in round two actually because i think the lakers are probably going to take it easy in the regular season like why wouldn't they they're going to be sleepy they've just only had a two-month break i could see them very much kind of easing into things and i think that the blazers nuggets and clippers are all going to actually try in the regular season. In particular, the Clippers, I think, will actually try because they realized after last year that not trying in the regular season maybe is a way to build some bad habits. I I think the Clips are the number one seed, the Blazers number two, Nuggets three, Lakers four. I think that's a really good top four in the conference, and I think they battle it out. Blazers beat Nuggets, Lakers beat Clippers, Lakers beat Blazers. Then I have the Lakers beating the Nets in the finals. Um, it's kind of hard to pick against them. They're really, really good. Do you, are you uh, going to go with the Nets, or do you think the Lakers take it? I think the Lakers take it. I think they, they, they can perhaps um, have a, uh, LeBron and uh, KD kind of cancel each other out in the sense that they can match each other's production. But when it comes to um, big men, like I feel like AD is – Lakers would have the upper hand with role players and whatnot and chemistry. Like um, they have that continuity from a championship season. We saw how strong that was, you know, last year for the Raptors. So Mm -hmm. I would have the Lakers coming out of that um, pretty easily, probably in like six or something. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm with you there too. Uh, Kind of boring that we agreed and have the same finals, but that's okay. (laughs) uh, They're both very good teams. And I, I think the East could go, Anyway, I really don't have a good feel for it, but uh, Lakers over East is going to be fun. It's going to be super fun. I'm very excited to see how it all plays out. The seeding is going to be obviously quite important for the bracketing and all that. It's going to be great. Uh, anyway, Yasmin, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Before we wrap up and before I get you to plug all the wonderful stuff you're doing, got to get to today's Coors Light fan message of the of the day the raptors have gone south but canada's support goes well beyond borders coors light is on a mission to remind the raptors players and coaches that wherever the home team is the fans are there too that's why coors light is helping raptors fans show the team love by sharing messages from toronto through a digital billboard outside the tampa bay stadium Emily arena ahead of the team's opener on december the 23rd lots of people send in messages to get put on that board and today's winner of the message of the day is natalie b who said let's go boys keep a cool in the heat baby uh shout out to natalie for today's fan message of the day thanks to coors light for being friends of the podcast this week it's lovely getting to work with you all right yasmin we've reached the end of the show do you have anything you would like to promote uh, yeah, I have um, some pieces up for basketballnews.com, um, just fo- co- um, covering a range of topics. I, I reviewed the Raptors preseason and five observations I took away over the course of the three games um, just a couple of days ago. Um, and yeah, I'll have some upcoming pieces uh, for this season for Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, so look out for those. And anyone listening can follow me on Twitter at Carmelo Drama. 
Um, that's an H after the O. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> of course, it's always a blast to have you, Yasmin. Everyone, go check out Yasmin's wonderful, wonderful work at all of the different outlets she's working at. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's very much appreciated. Also, I wrote a piece for Raptors HQ about Aaron Baines. If you want to go check that out and why he's probably going to be quite all right with the Raptors, because that's what the Raptors do. They make big men look good. Go read that at HQ. Uh, also, the NHL season is starting in like three weeks, apparently, and Locked on Leafs has you covered if you are a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, as I am, as I'm sure lots of listeners to this show are. Go and take a listen to Locked on Leafs with Mike DiStefano as he gets you ready for what will be an intensely weird season in which the, Ra- the Leafs will only play against Canadian teams, which may cause a civil war. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again on Wednesday to tee up the first game of the season. Ideally, I think we'll be doing a podcast with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans, who's one of my faves, and uh, we'll have that at some point, uh, hopefully early tomorrow morning at the latest, but keep an eye out uh, for that, and we will look ahead to the first game of the season tomorrow night. Enjoy the start of the season tonight, everybody. Enjoy watching, uh, I I guess, LeBron get his ring. Is that what we're tuning in for? That's depressing, because Marc Gasol is going to be there not getting a ring, and that makes me want to cry. Anyway, before I start weeping, we'll wrap this up. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thank you.